so that was the moment when I remember leaving Sarajevo when I was looking behind in a car like while we were driving and I saw like fire and bombs everything kind of that moment I knew I'm gonna see it probably for last time as it is it was like innocent and beautiful that was the last time I kind of turned around and it kind of something really stopped in me like you know just once I turned that corner and I couldn't see it anymore it was like ended you know my whole childhood my whole idea of innocence um, um, believing in good like your parents will tell you you know like um, how good positive everything is I mean obviously I didn't have a perfect childhood but trying to present to the world like in the best light they can you know and you have that idea that you know it's good it's positive it's always good and then you realize it's not actually it's not good I'm Michelle Edwards I'm the author of a novel called Chronicle of Endings but I want to continue the conversation It's a conversation about the different endings we face across the course of our lives and ultimately about all the beginnings that open up after. I want to speak to men because men don't always have the place or the permission to talk openly about their difficulties the way women do. But I want to speak to women too because we are all the same human beings trying to navigate the same universal human experiences. Mostly through these interviews I want to have the opportunity to speak directly and openly with you. Each guest's experiences will allow you to reflect on your own about the endings you have faced and the ones you are yet to face, the mindset and actions which brought these people through their difficult times will, in turn, speak to you about your own. Because whether it's a novel, a podcast, or just two mates finally speaking about things that matter over a beer, words Words have the power to change people, to change their lives, to change yours. So, can we talk? Should we mm. get started with the conversation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So, um, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Mira Vukovic. And I, me and my business partner, Polly, we run a brand called Amenu Intimates, uh, which is a luxury lingerie for ladies and sleepwear as well. So, yeah, it's a beautiful brand that kind of, um, yeah, so it's very sensual and sweet and um, very pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. It is really beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. have... I have some stuff myself that I wear and it is it is yeah. exquisite and I love it. So I'm so happy to be yeah. able to yeah. um, share your brand today as well as talk to you about mm-hmm. your journey and your ending. Yeah. Um, so you are a refugee. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I 
came to Australia, to Sydney from... Actually, I was born in Bosnia, Sarajevo, so I left Bosnia when the war started in 1992, and I left to live in Croatia, Split, which is uh, part of uh, the Dalmatian coast, and uh, I was there until I decided to apply to come to this beautiful country, and I my visa got approved, and here I am, I was mm. very lucky one of the lucky ones, um, and I, yeah, ever since, have never looked back. <laughs> yeah. What was life like for you there in Bosnia that yeah. made you need to leave? Well, life was really good, actually. I had an amazing childhood. Um, it was incredible. We had a beautiful house, and uh, my whole family was there. Growing up, we would often go to seaside, to Croatia every summer. We would spend there. Um, and, yeah, until, um, you know, what started happening with the whole unrest at the, uh, in Balkans in the 90s, early 90s. Um, started with falling of Berlin Wall and then, you know, all those things kind of, you know, uh, Russia getting separated from the little countries and, and that's the same thing was starting to happen in Yugoslavia where um um you know Croatia, Serbia, Bosnia just were seeking their own independence and um and that was not really greeted well with some parties and um they decided to start a war. And um so my childhood, happy childhood kind of came down crushing part mm. in the 90s early 90s where I saw something that you could kind of similarly see it now happening in the US that really kind of worries me and I kind of draw the parallel between those two things then people um, kind of don't see the danger immediately I was watching on TV um, Milosevic, I remember that name, and Karadzic, and all these guys who were like nationalistic and very or like orientated, driven propaganda. You know, talking about ugly things about you know, neighbors and um, dividing the country and using you know divide and conquer technique to kind of rule the rest. Um, and um, and all we could see, we could laugh. We were laughing and say, oh, idiots, what are they talking? What do they know? You know, nothing like that could ever happen here. Sarajevo is such a multicultural city. You have such a little mixed pot of everything there, like, you know, in the middle of the Balkans. The culture is so diverse. And, um, and you're like, nothing will ever happen like that. Nothing bad will happen here. And... Little did I know, like two years later, I needed to leave my own home because they were literally dividing the city in two, three <laughs> kind of um, um, parts and shooting each other over, you know, the balcony. And and it, it was ridiculous. It was just something that you could never imagine in your life. And um, it did happen. Yeah. And I just grew up in a, like, month, you know, one, like I... My mom packed my stuff and she was like, you got to leave now because you will not be able to leave later because they are, the Sarajevo was occupied for a good, like, three, four years. Um, and even at that time, which was quite early in the, 
more like started in whether it was spring 92 by May in May I was already packing my things and going you know so mm-hmm. um and at that time I was already occupied so my brother and my father couldn't leave because they wouldn't like let anyone anyone male leave the city thinking they're potentially dangerous whatever and um so my mom packed my stuff put me in car with my neighbor and said get a go and it all happened one morning mm-hmm. without even knowing where am i going what am i doing blah 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 and all that time on a way to this meeting point where all these women and children are kind of gathering to leave the city together because politicians agreed to left the convoy leave Sarajevo in exchange for something that they have left inside Sarajevo whatever because it was already surrounded by enemies and um, I'll call them enemies I'm not going to mention the names I'll just say enemies uh, because they were enemies at that time to me because they wouldn't let let me live the way I wanted to live and be free you know anyone who surrounds your city and tells you like you can't get out is an enemy yeah. Um, and, um, so on our way to that meeting point, we had snipers going, shooting over our heads and, and, you know, like, I just really kind of, it was like a really enormously out of the body experience that you kind of now, when I think about it, um, I have a lot of emotions, but back then I had no, none, absolutely. Like, I really didn't care what's going to happen to me at that time. Was it because I was um, too young to understand what's going on? And, you know, you have that adrenaline when you're like 19. Well, how old I was? 19. Um, you really don't care. Everything's a party. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I suppose if your yeah. home environment is that dangerous, then how bad could leaving be? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. You don't understand the dangers yeah. and what had yeah. what had the society become by that time? Was everybody? Um, it was weird. It was weird because the news propaganda was saying one thing, and everyone had its own opinion. You see the truth, and then you watch, let's say, Serbian news will tell their people that Bosnians attacking Serbs in Bosnia, which is was not true, and then you have Croatians saying the same thing opposite, and then. So the propaganda, the same as you see it now, like a lot of news would say their story and they to to wind up their people against or I don't even know how it's that allowed still, you know, for that kind of stuff to happen. But um, but you can see it like it just keeps repeating and it's been people manipulated. I'm not saying that I was not manipulated in thinking, you know, that all enemies are enemies no there's a lot of people who are good people and who left the good state or to were in the same situation as me you know but again they couldn't go against their own or they had their own kind of reasons why they turned back on their neighbors and it becomes really awful you know like it just it kind of the the truth lines are so blurred um you really don't understand what's going on, what's going to happen, because you're still processing and thinking, I'll be fine, I'm like, this is stupid, this is going to go away in a month, you know, like, just, hopefully they'll figure out, like, what they're doing, it's wrong, you know, 
and then you kind of wake up and say, no, actually, this is not going to end up being good. So my luckily my mom saw that and she said, you got to leave. And yeah, so I remember leaving the city. We were held as a hostage for three days and that was a bit of a blur as well. Like I can't remember. Like I remember a lot, but it was again out of the body experience that finally let us go. So we drew to um, Croatia through some like really unknown routes because everywhere else around Bosnia was occupied with different kind of um, armies that you didn't even know who you're going to bump into. So they kind of went this kind of safe way, got there like in three days. Normally it takes like four, 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 five hours to get there, but it was took three days driving. So we went to these villages where people were amazing. We were, people were so accommodating. They would like invite us to stay with them because there was like about... 2,000 cars leaving Sarajevo at that time. It was one of the biggest kind of refugee exodus of, from Sarajevo at the time. And everyone was really helpful. So we finally got there. And I uh, remember... So that was the moment when I remember leaving Sarajevo and I was looking behind in a car like while we were driving. And I saw like fire and bombs, everything kind of that moment I knew I'm gonna see it probably for last time as it is it was like innocent and beautiful that was the last time I kind of turned around and it kind of something really stopped in me like you know just once I turned that corner and I couldn't see it anymore it was like ended you know my whole childhood my whole idea of innocence um, um, believing in good like your parents will t- tell you, you know, like um, how good, positive everything is. I mean, obviously, I didn't have a perfect childhood, but trying to present to the world like in the best light they can, you know, and you have that idea that, you know, it's good, it's positive, it's always good. And then you realize it's not actually, it's not good, you know. And it took me a while after that to kind of build up my positive attitude towards everything around me and to gather my toes, become creative as I used to be, kind of took me a while to process the ending of my me, you know, as old me and becoming something else with that, turning that corner and looking back at the city, burning city behind me and, uh, yeah, becoming something else, yeah. Yeah, that must have been a very huge awakening yeah you know, it must have been heartbreaking for your parents that the only way they could protect you was to send you away yeah yeah it was really weird because my I remember I still remember it today it was such a clear picture I woke up in the morning get out of my room I was like going to the bathroom and my dad was there like I think he was shaving his beard and he was like um gotta go and I'm like oh God, who knows what he's talking about? It's still early, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know. And my mom, she and I got back back into my room, and she was packing my stuff. And I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? And she was like, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to, you know, my dad, yeah, uh, neighbor. She's leaving with her daughter, and I want you to go with her to your auntie, who lives in Split, which is in Croatia. 
he already arranged everything, blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm like, well, I have to go and see my friend, you know, <laughs> at two o'clock. We have, like, have a date or something, you know. Um, and she's like, oh, you gotta go. And she literally, um, as she was packing my stuff, it was like, it's like in the movies, I was running downstairs after her, like, come on, bring me my stuff back, you know. No, she was putting the things in the car and and I run upstairs I need to change and like she's like I need to put some clothes on and I went into the bathroom my dad was still in front of the mirror and I said like kind of I just shrugged my shoulders and said what you know like what is going on and he was like don't talk and I he, he didn't even say goodbye he was just so emotional you know like he couldn't turn away like I didn't even hug him like he just like and my mom was just grabbing me by the hand and just like tuck me in the car and go and he was like and I was like wait a minute I need to say hi to my brother I need to say hi to my no no just go because I think if I had if I stayed longer you know maybe I would miss some of the bullets or something you know what I mean like it was all kind of meant to be the way it was you know like you just in that moment you just don't think you just gotta do it otherwise if you start thinking if you started like hugging each other giving each other um big goodbyes or something it kind of becomes more emotional there's more chance you'll stay you'll never leave you know I could have maybe um convinced them to say oh, come on what are you talking about this will be over in a month you know this is nothing dangerous or something um but it did kind of um if I if it didn't do it like that kind of a, like a call the cut and just like run I wouldn't probably I wouldn't be here right now mm. yeah it was really brutal <laughs> yeah so so I'm just gonna literally <laughs> just thinking about the whole thing it's kind of yeah I can imagine just listening to it it sounds very emotional I can mm. see everything I can see your father shaving in the mirror I can yeah. see the panic yeah 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 and him like and he's he was such a, he died in 2000, um, and um, he was such a soft soul, you know, like he was, um, he would cry for nothing, you know, <laughs> like he, he likes, he used to paint a lot, he was an artist and all these things, so um, um, I, I think he, if he turned around, he would say like, you know, going, she say he would fight with my mom probably, you know, like he would say like, you can't do this, you can't part me with my daughter, or, because we had amazing connection, me and my dad, and um so I, mean, I think that was hard. I mean, it was probably hard for him as well. Imagine, like, you know, um, um, kind of not thinking, okay, I'm sending my child, first of all, the whole journey to leave the city, it's dangerous. Um, that on itself was really, really brutal and hard. Um, but I didn't know it's going to be like that. I mean, for example, when we got to... Um, when we got to the border, we, I mean, Sarajevo border, I mean, there's no border, it was just occupied, and we got to the enemy's troops, and they were, and we were, we were meant to pass, but they wouldn't let us pass, because they wanted to, now they decided to keep us as a hostage, and they were, like, after, I don't know how many hours sitting in a car, waiting for the thing to kind of resolve, they, the, the the night was falling down and they the you know the main heads and guys who were negotiating decided to go and have a drink whatever you know so the night like so you need to go and sleep somewhere so we had um they they took us out of the cars and they had like um 
army on both sides we were we were going through like this rows of people with guns and they were taking us to to this school where we were like spend next three days to sleep and i don't even remember if i was if i had any sleep did i eat i can't remember anything literally like it was such a um out of the body experience it, I, you just don't care if you don't eat if you don't sleep or whatever um so all I know that the time my mom later told me they heard on the news that they won't let us leave and they're taking us as a hostage and then my mom they just went berserk they were like my my neighbors went to my mom and my mom was like she was like a ghost she was white and she was like what did I do did I just send my daughter to death you know like to what's going to happen to her she's going to get you know raped or this and that i mean those things it's war if these things happened you don't understand how easily it can happen to you um so yeah and then all that time she was she told me later she was just out of herself you know she couldn't she wasn't hysterical she just couldn't talk she was like in shock and uh, feeling guilty feeling um you can't do anything um, so we, after three days, they leave. Uh, they left us go, and uh, we continue our journey three days. But remember that we're talking about early nineties. We didn't have mobile phones back then, and um, you could use satellite phone, but they were extremely expensive. So we, my my mom still doesn't know if I left the um, where they kept us as a as a um, what is called a. Um, where they kept us, um, if I'm alive, you know, if, you know, if I like, did I left the place or am I still there, am I, whatever happened, um, and I got to split, just Croatia, still, because they cut out all the communications in Sarajevo, like they cut people water, electricity, you couldn't get in contact with anyone in Sarajevo, so she didn't know for a good year if I was alive oh. or dead, so there was whole year was like, she heard from someone something that everything's fine. I arrived. It's okay. But it was crushing. And um, and all I had in my mind for that next year was like, I need to get some kind of word to my mom so she knows that I'm okay. So we went to this, um, I think it was like some kind of a church um, charity thing that because they would still let charities kind of come in and out of the city and gave them a note or something. It was like so primitive thing of communication when you look at it this way. I say like, I just really, I don't know who you are, but just please find my mom, tell her I'm okay. So that it was so ridiculous. But she did find out and it was okay, so. <laughs> uh, that, I can imagine. Now you would understand as a mother yourself, mm. firstly, what it would have been like to send you away and then to not know if you made it I it would be unbelievable it was unbelievable it was um as I said out of body experience and 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 you don't really care you know for you I didn't care about myself I didn't I was worried about my mom because all like when I was leaving sorry when I was taking my last look at the city from the hill above um I actually saw what I could see on the news when you see it from the distance and you get this completely different picture than being there, like in hearing the bombs and stuff. You go to basement and you hide and you wait until it stops. But when you look at it from a distance, it's even more scary. 
you know, and I go like, well, I just left my mom there, my brother and my father. What am I thinking? You know. How did it feel for you to finally arrive in Croatia? It felt amazing because they didn't have the war as war. I mean, they were in war with the other with the other country, but the, the city was not under the siege. It wasn't like it wasn't like a front line of fighting or anything like that. It was a safe city. You see beautiful skies. You can see the um, Mediterranean Sea. Um, uh, beautiful parks and everything nice and bright. Like nothing's happening. Like it's just. Only like a couple of hours from the place I just came from. It took me three days, but you know it's, it's not that far. Um, a completely different world. It's like it's like underground. It's something that it's out of this place, you know. And you go there and sit, and people are happy, and they go to bars and sit. sit and you go like, what, what is this? You know, are you guys aware of what's going on? And then you realize they don't really care. You know, like they have family there. They everyone is somehow connected with people in Sarajevo but life goes on I think when you're not in a yeah. war zone it's really hard to comprehend yeah. what life is like and, and just the hard reality of it when you're not living that reality yourself exactly yeah yeah and you need to kind of of course they they, they, they felt uh, compassion and, and they wanted to help and they're enormously helpful people and country beautiful people and they they let so many refugees from bosnia to to their homes and um but but they, they still had their life you know they went out they would go and party and and um and they would listen on the news and they would be upset and angry but then end up going to have a dinner somewhere nice like just to kind of wash it off and so i end up doing the same because there's nothing else for me like, but to make new friends and start and start new and think, okay, so what's next? Obviously, I may never go back. Mm-hmm. I may never find my life there again. I may never um, be the same. Obviously, never will be the same. But you, if you sit down and and um, kind of you know um, start being too worried. It's not good, so you have to move on. So I find a job, I find a group of friends, I started hanging out, I eventually moved out of my um, auntie's place, started paying my own rent, having my own place. It, was, it ended up being like, we I had amazing time over there. But at the same time, half of me was in Sarajevo, worried about my mom, I would put the TV on and listen to all these things. What's going on? And and. She, it's so painful. It's so painful that it's you, you feel guilty. You want to go to the beach because you should go to the beach. But then he's lying on a beach, and then you hear on the back news. You know, uh, uh, they're trying to argue. Uh, uh, the the politicians arguing over something so stupid, and and all you can think is your mom and your dad, your brother, and how is that going to affect them and what are they waiting? You know, why don't they stop this nonsense yet? You know, so why all these talks? What is it? You know, um, and then you just go and you end up being so angry. <laughs> then you just have to kind of forget it and just move on, do something else. Yeah. It's it's yeah. interesting to hear about real people and real families behind the political drama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, politics is politics, and not really um, 
um, I, I, I don't, I never liked politics, really. I never was really into the, or like I, you know, I mean, I don't like politics even now, but I do understand, I'm more aware of it. So, um, yeah, I was kind of um, worried when, like, when I see what's happening in the US right now. Um, not just US, everywhere, like you see it in Europe and everywhere. Um, people being kind of um, not ignorant, but I don't, I don't actually, you can't do much, really. You have to live your life. You have to take everything with a bit of a little bit of salt and, and not consume the news and kind of think with your own head and be aware of the situations but then also like try to be- do the best you can and like move on because best way to, to, to fight um, people who are trying to divide us and make us um, you know slaves of their own thinking is to to be your own, you know, to not to let that happen and just ignore it and not ignore it, like um, just be yourself, you know, like be strong and 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 and, and um, don't don't fall for like um, something that it's maybe not true. Yes, no, like you listen to the news. Yes, maybe no, but then also you know your reality and stick with it. And you know your neighbors, you know your people around, you know how beautiful they are. You know, um, like all of us, um, 99% of us good people, you know what I mean? We don't want to harm each other. Yeah. And you're yeah. all just human beings. And yeah. you're all going through the same. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Bottom line, we just want to go on with our lives. We want to have good wage, you know, like we want to earn money. We want to kind of, um, yeah, just live a normal life, I guess. <laughs> Nothing too greedy, nothing too extravagant. Just kind of be happy and 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 you know when you see like oh gosh, oh, look at me. I, I, I'm trying. I'm not even going. I don't even go on Facebook anymore. Or, like anything political really makes me. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I can understand. So, how yeah. long did you stay in Croatia? Uh, about three, four years, and then I came to Sydney after that. No, actually, I landed to Brisbane first, and then came to Sydney. Um, yeah, so, but it was a, a great decision. Like, I'm glad I'm here. Um, so the, the the thing was, like, the war I couldn't was not coming to the end, and and I said, okay, I'll just let's just apply for for um, to. To come here, just I probably won't get approved. You know, um, Keating was on his way out, <laughs> and he was still the one who was accepting refugees. Um, and I could just came here in the nick of time because, um, and a couple of months after that, John Howard came on and he stopped the whole refugee thing, kind of. So it was much harder for, after that to come to Australia. But I was one of the lucky ones, and um, I thought I'm, you know, why would they accept me, you know what I mean. But um, yeah, so I got my um, visa and everything. I was really kind of shocked. <laughs> so I had like a month or two to pack my stuff and a little bit more time than the first time when I left Sarajevo um, to come here. What did you know about Australia? Um, 
Not much, really. Did you know anybody here? No. No, it was me and my boyfriend, that's it, at the time. He, it was his only, actually. Um, we met again. We, he's from Sarajevo, but we met in, in, in Split on our way here. And he, it was his idea to come here. And um, and then he was like, yeah, I'm thinking of coming to Australia. Want to come with me? I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, let's try. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to get visa. And I did. And, yeah, so we ended up being here. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I thought, okay, I'll come and see how it goes. And um, and if I don't like it, I'll go back to, to Bosnia after the war is finished. But then I end up staying because I love it. <laughs> Why would you go back? <laughs> yeah. But it's so far away and mm. you don't know anybody and it's very different to... Yeah, but it wasn't anything different than you coming here for a holiday. You know, like, it's just that... When you're young, you really don't care. You know, you just go, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you, how can you say no, you know, opportunity like this? Yes. We yeah. we certainly are able to make more bolder decisions when we're young. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we get a bit older, we just think about it too much, don't we? Yeah, but I also know a couple, some people who came here in their 40s with, like, kids who were, like, seven and eight, and they made a great life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take my head off to them. I just, I don't know how, like, if I was to have to leave this place as a refugee with my two kids and go somewhere, I would be terrified. You know, like, I, but back then I was, yeah, <laughs> let's do it, you know. But, and they made amazing, you know, like, we're settling well, we built beautiful houses, we worked hard, and they did it. And if they can do it, anyone can do it, you know, like, it's it's just making that initial step and moving forward and say yes I believe I'll have a better life over there how easy was it for you to settle into Australia and find a job um it was uh I think the the program I came through was extremely well uh how can I say designed so you come here um somebody greets you I, I came as a group maybe of 10 girls they greet you, they pick up your bags, they take you to this nice little apartment. You share or don't share, depending. Um, for three months, um, they will help literally take you by the hand. That's what happened to me. This is McDonald's, this is bank, this is this, this is that. You know, like everything, I was blown away. I just couldn't believe it. Just seriously, if I knew that it was that welcoming, you know, um, I would do it. I would come sooner because you know you think like you come here they drop you and you on your own. No, you know it's extremely. It was extremely well designed to help people to settle in and um, and it, I can only say the best things about it. Like I was I wasn't expecting that and um, um, it definitely made my life so much easier. You know, knowing that. But and mind you, I couldn't even speak English properly back then. You know, so. So to have someone there that um, whose job was to literally to give you they give you the number you can call this person anytime or day or night if you need anything. The, yeah, so it's it's a luxury thing to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it would mm. it would be a lovely way to to be greeted after all yeah. that you had been through. Yeah, everything, and also, like, 
yeah, and then um, help you to find a job, go to jobs immediately, you know, like uh, you want to go study, they help you to find a right course to do. So in a year I was studying fashion already. I couldn't even, when I started studying, I couldn't even speak English properly, you know what I mean? So, um, and got accepted to TAFE and everything, it's just incredible. It was amazing, so no wonder a lot of people want to come here. Obviously, I don't know what kind of programs they have now. Uh, I came through the um, uh, refugee of routes and other being accepted was lucky in the first place. A lot of people don't get accepted, so they come here illegally. But um, but it's just um, it's such an amazing country that um, I hope it's they still great refugees these days like they used to back then. I don't know what's the situation now. I should have known better, but. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm sure that if you're still refugee and you come through the right channels, you still get the same treatment. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure, because they don't want anyone to come here and and be lost and not to succeed, you know, the whole point is for, if they're going to pay your ticket to come here, they want you to succeed, so... Did you have the opportunity to study while you were in yeah. Croatia? I see. I couldn't study. Yeah. There you go. So yes. here, I get this opportunity to study immediately. Yeah. But over there, you can't. Yeah. Even though as a refugee, you couldn't. So, yeah. Was fashion something that you were always wanting to do? But Yeah, yeah, I always wanted. I didn't have a chance to do that in Bosnia or Croatia. I did um, art and graphic design, but then I got here and I saw there's a fashion course. Wow, <laughs> let's do it. Go, do it. So, yeah, so you just, when, when somebody gives you opportunity like this and looks after you so well, of course you want to give back. You want to go and say you do your best you know and and um you don't waste time you have to because um there's not much time left you know like kind of go move forward um adapt to the environment to me it was always like um there was there were a lot of like bosnian friends that were always there that was nice to hang out but to me it was more like no i need to know I need to gain more Aussie friends, you know, I need to know people. I need to surround myself with people who live here for centuries and know things, you know. Like, it's, it's so easy to kind of drag yourself into your little Bosnian community where you can feel safe, and which is nice. You, you always have that, you know, but it's so much more exciting to kind of embrace Australia Australia and and and, and surround yourself with the you know I mean the basic rule of survival is to adopt to the environment you live in so if you want to survive better do that (laughs) and now how do you um, how do you give back to the community well well I got two beautiful daughters (laughs) true bull Aussies Um, they're good students I work I create. I had business for eight years. I was doing really well. Matt Cortez was selling really well. Day jobs and Meyer and and then um, went to work for other brands. Started my own business again. Um, make be making everything here in Australia. 
um, building up the you know um, business from the scratch again it's amazing thing you know having always doing something literally always doing being mom it's a big job um, yeah and running your own business and being freelance designer and all these things like so yeah I think I contributed a lot <laughs> it sounds like it yeah. yeah I mean you do your best after you have kids it's, it's nothing about you anymore so I couldn't be um, as driven as I was when it comes to my own career but um, so you take little shortcuts and, and something you gotta do something you can't stay yeah. so how do you how do you raise your daughters now in coming from what you've experienced how do you create home how do you create community well, I mean, I really don't want to force anything down their throat. And um, we are here. I think we're safe. Um, and doing the same like my mom did to me, like she would not scare me about, you know, you know, you don't want to take away the innocence and believing in good. They know where I come from. I told them briefly, um... I don't, they're interested, but they're not that interested. You know, one day they will be. When they're happy to hear the story, fine. But they're happy to be who they are, and I don't want to take that away from them. It's such a beautiful place, and they're, they're born here. Come on, it's just... I, I tell that to them every day. Like, you're so lucky you're born in Australia, in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, the best place. And just to come back, uh, how, yeah. how, is, how is Bosnia doing now? Um, not so well. I mean, I think they're going for herd immunity <laughs> over there. So nobody's a little bit like, I mean, hardly anyone's wearing a mask. The coronavirus is running wild. Anyone could catch it. Um, so I'm worried about my mom. She's in her 70s now. I'm worried about my brother. His kids. Um, <clears throat> so it's not good. It's not good. It's just um, wild, wild west. I think um, it, the country I grew up in, it's like it's nothing like that. I'm not, I'm not being sentimental towards some socialist country from those days. But it was quite safe and blessed. But now it's really, um, it's I don't know. I don't even know what it is anymore. Like I don't know who is who is a president or who is a and PM or I have no idea like because they have three of them <laughs> they divide the country into three and they have three people running the country of course they're not gonna agree on anything like they can't agree so it's a big big mess mm. uh, but it's beautiful it's beautiful to visit it's amazing tourist place to go to people are so beautiful generous um, fun party city but economy and everything else is not good. Yeah, so I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm not going back. But anyway. But this so, is home now, so. Yeah, this is home now. So that that was the ending I left behind. Like the whole thing was I needed to block it and say, okay, this is it. I'm here to make the best out of it, to move. Like some from that. I mean, I always, I, I, going back to the kind of idea that if it wasn't for a war, I wouldn't be here and you kind of need to see lucky good things in everything bad that happened so the, like at that moment when I was leaving Sarajevo I was terrified and, and of, of unknown what's going to happen to me and then 
and then you go, okay, yep, okay, there's a reason why or not. I don't know, but... So what would you say to people who have never experienced this, have never really been a part of their sphere? What would you say to them about what it's like so they can understand? Um, oh, I guess, you know, like, I mean, there's always a bright side to everything, you know. Um, you, I, I think to avoid to go through the grieving process is a mistake. You need to grieve and you need to give yourself time. You need to um, be okay with being sad and not being like feeling like, oh my God, this is this gonna end and force it and it will it will heal. You will heal, you know, like you will go through it. But you need to. Everyone's different. Everyone's mind is different and heals in a different ways. So you need to kind of listen to your body, understand what it's saying to you, and then. Um, and take that experience, that the grieving period, as learning, as um, something that um, make makes you better, makes you stronger, makes you. It's like a learning, you know. We can't be. We can't. Not always. We can't. We can't have positive everything in life all the time. We need to. But you can't also. You can't um, undermine your mind and force it to like taking like i understand like i i, I believe in like uh, antidepressants and 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 people use things to help themselves it's fine like but also is it really helping do you need to um just feel feel yourself and and say it's okay to be sad it's okay it's normal everyone does it yeah. like this kind of don't you think we kind of um make like, like being like going through depression um like bad things like i kind of see it as a part of life isn't it like it's some kind of not everyone that goes through it like some people go through really bad depressions some mild ones but it's it, it's like it's part of you it's part of your life you have to fight it and it's, there's nothing in shame in it Am I saying something wrong? No, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think so. It's, yeah. You're right. It is normal. It is. It's yeah. a normal human experience. Mm. The, mm. the How much you suffer with it, I guess, may or may not need some assistance, but there is so much assistance out there and so many methods. Oh, yeah. 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 But we also tend to forget that we can help ourselves yeah. only. Yeah. Yeah. To have to actually work through that pain mm. rather than trying to make it go away, make it go away. Yeah, and I think it's disrespectful. I feel like if I was, I was when I was going through my depression with leaving Sarajevo, um, as, yes, as much as I wanted to get over it as soon as it came, I, I thought it was really disrespectful towards my parents and... Um, for me not to be depressed about them, you know what I mean. You have to, t you have to kind of embrace it and say, "Yes, that's what makes me sad," and I have to bear with them. Yeah, but they went through that, and you went through that, so you could have this better life. And then to go yeah. and not fully enjoy the life because you're still holding out one hand to the past. Yeah, yeah, is um not mm. what what they had hoped for I suppose yeah 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 but then also 
it's my life. There's nothing bad or good. It's my life, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. I guess. Mm. And now you raise your daughters and you stitch. Um. Stitch a lot. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. Life is good. I can't complain at the moment. I mean, it can be better, obviously. But um, we are here and, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do have to go and check out uh, Mera's brand and I will link it in the show notes so you yes. can go and look at all the lovely things that she makes because they yes. really are so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a lot of beautiful silks and French lace and it's a luxury brand and it's very unique but it's worth to to try it, you know, and um, because we all deserve a little bit of luxury in our lives and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> work hard, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, well, yeah. thank you so yeah. much thank for sharing you. your story. Thank you. It yeah. was really eye-opening, so was it? thanks for oh. sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for listening, you know, a pleasure. It's just, um, I haven't actually thought about this in a long time, so thanks for... Um, taking me back and um see like i feel much better even like that now that the, the grief wasn't it's not that bad like now that i talk about it it's okay <laughs> having grown up in a very privileged and lucky country it's mm. really it's nice to know how other human beings have experienced their life oh yeah 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 you appreciate yeah we need to know more we should know more about refugees i don't think people talk about it i don't think that people talk about it too much yeah we should we should yeah well (laughs) here we are today thank you so much yeah 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 thank you so much thank you Please share this story with anyone you feel may benefit from hearing it. Or if you or someone you know have your own story to share, feel free to drop me an email at m 